Today's episode is Why Not Waterfowl? Welcome to Bird Bits, Stories of Rehabilitation. My name is Tanya Prochnow, and I am a state and federally permitted wildlife rehabilitator located in Michigan. This podcast is to share educational information based on what we do at With Feathers Avian Rescue. You will hear updates on the birds and their care and their situations and their stories. We're hoping that this will help you understand what life is like as a rehabilitator, maybe just a little better. So today's question was why we are not taking waterfowl. If you call to leave us a message, you will hear in the message that we are not taking waterfowl. This has been the case for almost two years. The changes for us came in 2022 with the arrival of avian influenza H5N1 to the U.S. Now, most aquatic birds carry avian influenza. They usually carry a type A, and it's considered HP or LP, which means highly pathogenic or low pathogenic. Now, that doesn't refer to how it affects the aquatic birds. It refers to how it affects poultry. So just because it's highly pathogenic does not mean that it is causing any harm to ducks in particular. Um... It is naturally occurring, and dabbler ducks tend to be the reservoirs or the host for carrying avian influenza. There is usually several types of avian influenza circulating through the ducks um, yearly. It's just a matter of, in most cases, we haven't tested for it. We haven't kept track of it because it's not highly pathogenic. But with the arrival of this new um, uh, subtype, it became a concern. So what we had was um, we began seeing raptors getting ill, and it was because they were eating the ducks, and so they were becoming infected um, by their diet. Um, Then we saw um, uh, there were a lot of vultures, uh, crows and ravens, uh, a variety of hawks, then we saw herons and shorebirds and seabirds in, in, in particular, although we don't see as many in the U.S. as in other spots around the world. Um, Lake Michigan did have um, a pretty substantial loss of terns last year. Um, but in, in the raptors' cases, it was direct because they were eating the infected waterfowl. In other bird cases, it was because um, avian influenza is carried not only in their respiratory system, but also in their intestines. And in this case, um, if you have a dabbler duck who is dabbling away and drooling and eating, that virus got spread in the water. Um, If you've ever been around ducks or geese, you know that there's poop everywhere. So uh, if it was on the beach, um, other birds could get it. And then you also had the cases where it was taken back to domestics. And so we had quite um, an outbreak with domestic birds as well in 2002 and in 2003. Now, the ducks were not getting ill, but the other birds were. And we think of avian or we think of influenza as a respiratory illness but in most of the birds that became ill it was neurological 
and they will display signs of a tremor. Um, they'll have seizures. They'll be twitching. They'll have torticollis, which is the twisting of their neck. They will be unable to stand or walk or fly. Because the symptoms were neurologic, it was really hard to determine whether a bird was ill from avian influenza or it had been hit by a car and it had neurological symptoms, or especially in the cases of eagles, lead poisoning presents almost identical as, as avian influenza does. So if you had a bird, for example, a hawk come in and the symptoms resembled or made you think it could possibly be avian influenza, the proper course would be to quarantine the bird, um, do testing at the beginning of the quarantine, and um, a testing at the end. Now, a true quarantine should be 30 days, and um, that means a separate location, separate airflow, uh, you would have um, no other birds around it, and you would ha have to be clean going in, clean going out of wherever that quarantine space is. So that means that any dishes, any food prep, any medication, any treatment gear, anything going in and out would have to be cleaned, and everything would be kept separate, and you could not add or take away birds. Now, in a rehabilitation situation, that's almost impossible. And especially as we are a home-based rehabilitator, it's really impossible. So we have greatly reduced the situations that we take a bird that needs quarantine. We have taken some that were kept off-site until they were cleared, and it was a much shortened quarantine period. Um, we've also limited some of the species that we've taken so that um, we've tried to take uh, less susceptible species. But in the case of waterfowl, because they're not exhibiting any symptoms, to do a quarantine is not terribly realistic because you are waiting that quarantine period to see if any symptoms develop. Because the ducks don't develop symptoms, there's no way to tell for sure. So dabbler ducks in particular are the birds that we have chosen not to take in at this time. So in northern Michigan, that would include the northern pintail, the American widgeon, the gadwell, the mallard, American black duck, the wood duck, the blue wing teal, the cinnamon teal, the green wing teal, and the northern shoveler. So these are on our list that we are not taking currently. Now, other waterfowl are also susceptible, but they usually will exhibit symptoms of some sort. So when it comes to diving ducks, when it comes to geese, loons, and shorebirds, we have been taking them on a case-by-case -case basis. So if we see... Um, symptoms or it looks like an illness, we're much less likely to take them than if it's a situation where there's been an entanglement or where it's been hit by a vehicle or a situation where we see a broken wing or a broken leg. Now, there are two other factors that we have considered in making this decision. The first is that we have educational birds on site. Now, there is not a vaccine for H5N1 at this time, and um, in keeping our educational birds 
uh, near the rest of the wild birds, it does put them at some risk if it is an infectious disease. And as avian influenza is very infectious, it would put them at higher risk. So they would be the first consideration. The second factor would be my personal domestic birds. So as I said before, uh, with feathers is a home-based rehabilitation center. That means that there is a section of our property that houses the cages, pens, the birdhouse, the pond, and that is where the wildlife stay when they're here. However, um, it's only a section, and I have my own domestic birds in another location. So while there is not contact between the wild birds and the domestics, because they are housed on the same property, if a wild bird was to come in and test positive, I have been told that my domestic birds would be culled. It's not a situation where they would be given a quarantine period to make sure that they test negative. If there is a bird positive on your property, all of the domestics are euthanized. So when considering the possible outcomes, I am very particular about what birds I take, um, basically to lower the risk as much as possible. As I said, it would be hard to eliminate the risk because there are so many species of birds that have been affected at this point. I have taken in um, species that are um, very susceptible. I've taken in ravens and crows. Um, I'm sure you know how much I love ravens and crows. And I've taken in herons, egrets. They're all birds that are listed, um, that are species that... Um, frequently get avian influenza. But as much as we think of songbirds as being safe, there are cases of songbirds that um, have contracted avian influenza as well. And to be fair, ravens and crows are songbirds, but they're also scavengers. Um, so there are cases where robins have been found um, to test positive. So there is always the possibility and the risk. Unfortunately, it looks like this H5N1 is going to be around for a while. And so a lot of our temporary measures may become permanent. Um, it's a possibility this year we saw a lot less infection compared to the previous year. So it's possible that birds will um, adapt. It's really hard to say. Um, the biggest concern at this point is that avian influenza seems to be spreading into our mammal population, and that is more of a concern because as humans, we are mammals, and we really don't want to be susceptible to this disease. So I hope this gives you a little more understanding uh, when you hear we are not taking waterfowl, what the thought process is behind it, um, what species we are actually not accepting, and um, just to give you a little insight into what's involved when we make decisions regarding taking or not taking specific uh, species of bird. We have taken in several species of aquatic and shorebirds this year. We have had great blue heron. We've had egret. We have had loons. 
We have had geese, herring gull, ringbill gull, two species of grebe, a merganser, and just recently a red-headed duck. Now, if you do have domestic ducks or domestic poultry, remember to try and keep them away from wild ducks. As I said, wild ducks carry several different types of avian influenza, and just because it's not the H5N1 does not mean that they cannot cause your poultry to get sick. So it is important to keep them away as much as possible from your domestics. Poultry is does not have the same um, immunity that ducks do. If you're interested in learning more about the avian influenza outbreak, the H5N1, the best place to see domestic and wild bird reported positive would be at the APHIS-USDA.gov website. Uh, They keep an up-to-date listing of both domestic and wildlife that has tested positive and the location um, in wild birds. They actually tell you whether they were found dead or if they were taken by hunters. We continue to learn more all the time as more studies are being done around the world. Um, Some of it's fascinating, some of it's a little scary, but the better informed you are, the better and healthier you can keep your own birds and be aware of the wildlife around you. I want to thank you for taking the time to listen to Why Not Waterfowl. And thank you for joining us for Bird Bits, the stories of rehabilitation. Join us again as we try to do this as a weekly a weekly event so that you can be kept up to date on what is happening with us here at With Feathers, the bird cases that we are seeing, and learning a little bit behind the scenes for the different rehabilitation situations that we deal with on a regular basis. Thank you for listening.